Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast, episode 51, the podcast for coaches who are looking for more time and freedom in their businesses so they can keep on coaching. Hello, hello. It is Gemma here with you today. Very excited. We have such a special guest with us, uh, Mr. Chris Hale. Hello, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. Oh my God, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I know. I'm so excited to have you here. So thank you so much. It's going to be so much fun. Um, Well, first of all, for those who listen and don't know who you are, can you tell us who you are, what it is you do, and who you work with? Yeah. So I'm a life coach um, and I coach creatives. And yeah, that can mean lots of things. <laughs> my background, uh, my background is in dance. Um, I danced uh, growing up. I also acted and sang. I was a dance educator for over 20 something years. And I taught um, mostly very, very high level competitive dancers. But I also had a training program with my husband where we really looked at um, training the dancer from a holistic point of view. So all of the coaching work kind of started there for me, where I was reading all of the books like Eckhart and Marianne and Louise and all the people and just bringing that into the way that I was approaching teaching, right? Like, like managing their minds around what they were asking their bodies to do mm. and just sort of creating a different relationship with like the way that they attain their goals and what they asked of themselves. And dancers can be so freaking hard on ourselves. Like we're just our worst nightmare. Mm. So that's my background. And then once I got certified, I was a general life coach for the life coach school for about a year and a half. I became a coach instructor. So I also taught other coaches how to be coaches. And now I'm just working on my own. And, you know, I, I focus on like creatives and the LGBTQ community, but I get clients from like all different um, identities and professions. I've coached doctors and yeah, all the people. So, you know, I kind of think about like who I help in my brand as being like, like a zenial goddess, right? Like if, oh. if you were into, if, yeah, if you were into Buffy or like <laughs> Felicity or like Joey Potter from Dawson's Creek or a little like, you know, if like you grew up with those girls, like I'm probably the right coach for you. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm still trying to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like it's been my life goal. <laughs> I'm I not mean, there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, preach. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly who I want to be. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. So I love it. If that's your jam, I'm your coach. Yeah. Amazing. We're going to talk about Buffy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
so good. Um, but apart from Buffy today, yeah. <laughs> we we're, we're going to talk about and discuss understanding your time and energy, which I'm so excited for. Um, and I know some things that are really going to help me today. Uh, as you would know, <laughs> been my coach for you were my coach for quite a while. Oh. I love it. Um, well, first of all, I guess let's let's start with telling us what can you tell us about about time. Yeah, um, it's it's like so funny because I think we've all, especially in the coaching space and the self development space, like we've been taught to think of like to to change the way we think about time, right? Like time is a construct, and right, like. And have we're we're being asked to change our relationship with it, but the truth is, is that like time is limited. Like when we're really working, trying to work within, like the context of the world that we live in, right? So it's it's fine that time's a construct, but it's a construct we all agree on, and because we all agree on it, we all have lots of weird thoughts about time that impact our ability to get stuff done because of our relationship to it, right? So mm-hmm. there is so much scarcity mm-hmm. and it's interesting, right? Because it is limited, but we need to not think about it as scarce because mm-hmm. when we think about it as scarce, we eat up all of our time worrying about all the things we're not going to get done. And then we don't do the shit we could do. Mm-hmm. So true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I love I lo- I love that I find that really, um, I find that really interesting because we we really are taught to you know change our concept of time and all 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 of that but you know it really is true that time is limited and we never know how much we do have right we think we do yes exactly but, but we don't you know I mean there there's no guarantee that the world will even be here tomorrow when we wake up. There's no yeah. guarantee we will wake up. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have no idea of that sort of level of control. Uh, the universe, the planet's going to do what it wants at any time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's really interesting to think about it that way. But it is also fascinating um, that we do. Like, why don't we spend so much time? I don't want to say wasting time, but wasting time worrying about what we're not doing. Like, why do you think that happens? <laughs> I mean, I think that that's like just productivity culture, Mm. right? I think like under capitalism, like we have to work um, to like survive, right? Like, and, you know, I love my work. I've, you know, I've loved all the work that I've done, whether it be dance or I sold real estate. I was a soul cycle instructor. Like I, I love like explain, oh, right. (laughs) So random. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was a moment. Um, I, I, I love all the work that I do, but I, you know, I think because, because of the, the survival nature of like having to work and what it looks mm-hmm. like under capitalism, it's like, we are always on this like wheel of like productivity because that's a part of that culture mm-hmm. is like teaching us that we need to constantly be in motion and constantly be producing, but who does that benefit? Right. Mm-hmm. That benefits people who are making money off of our labor at like 10, 20, 300, 400 times what we're actually 
you know, getting a return on, you know what I mean? So that's the basic model. So I think that like, we've been conditioned enough to believe that like, we always have to be producing, we always have to be going, and there's not enough time to do it all. So we need to constantly plugged in. And I think we really do have to ask, like, does that benefit me or not? to be consistently engaged in that culture. And I think we're finding that it really on an individual level, but also on a mass level is not really beneficial for most people. Yeah, totally. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's, it's so interesting and it flows perfectly into uh, what I was going to ask you next is how does time then correlate with our energy? (laughs) Yeah, it's, I think it's interesting. Uh, yeah, also because we've been taught to like ignore our energy mm. as it pertains to time. Most of the bullying processes out there are all about like just put it on your calendar and it doesn't matter. Like when it's time to do it, just show up and do it. Time block yourself, right? Like get out of your own way do it, do it, do it. And like, that's not taking into account whether or not that's actually a good time for us to, to do those tasks. Mm -hmm. What our energy is like, like cyclically throughout a day, throughout a month. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think we've been taught to ignore our energy as it pertains Mm -hmm. to time. Um, and again, believe that we should have more energy to constantly go than we actually do have. So I think that like what I'm really trying to do with people is have them like have a real understanding of what their actual energy flow looks and feels like um, on a daily basis, but also like seasonally throughout the year, mm-hmm. because I think that we have different energy levels I mean, especially like if you're someone who's like really affected in the winter, like like seasonal affective disorder is a thing. Mm-hmm. She's real. Right. Like we, we have to think about that. Like if you're going to have less energy and less motivation in the winter, like you, that might not be a high a time to sell. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're selling like that might not be your peak time to be trying to sell because selling takes it can take a lot of energy. Yeah. Totally. So, you know, so I think it's kind of like looking at it from all those different aspects. Um and just kind of finding your own personal rhythm. And I think that's the thing, like less about time, but more about like how, like what is the, your natural rhythm in mm. sync with like the planet and like your surroundings, I think is something that we need to shift more into versus just like looking at the clock. Yeah, totally. Um, oh. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what's coming up for you Gemma <laughs> I, 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 I don't know like I'm like you've stunned me I'm like I don't know where to go with this you're freaking me out I feel so you need to coach me right now on the spot because you've just like <laughs> I don't know what to say like you are speaking to the person who's just like go 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 it doesn't matter how you feel or what's happening or what time of the day it is or what it is you just do it and you do it and you do it and you do it and that's it (laughs) no Ah. oh you're cute i know know i'm in a parallel universe 
Yeah. And I think this is what's so great, right? Is like, I, I think a lot of people have that reaction of like, wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what do you, what? Yeah. Yeah. But like that go, go, go is so disembodied. I know. Right. Like there's, there's no connection nope. to our humanness. Mm -mm. And we're in a moment where people are starting to wake up to yeah. the like the, the you know, people are <laughs> some people are like, oh, my God, I don't want to hear about trauma anymore. But here's the thing. It's like people are finally paying attention to what that actually means mm. and that like our our um, experiences impact us. Right. And we hold that in our bodies and it it affects the way that we're able to show up in the world. And so there's like embodiment is having this moment where people are really starting to like pay more attention to the nervous system and understand our fight or flight mechanism and realize that like there's so much we don't have control over in terms of like how we interact with the world around us mm. and that the only work we really can do there is to pay attention to when my body is saying no, yeah. when my body is saying stop and, and burnout has also been on the rise. Like the talking about burnout, not like <laughs> we've all been burnt the fuck out. But <laughs> yeah, but like we have conversation <laughs> around burnout, right. Is also like on the rise. And I think these, these conversations, um, I think the pandemic really like gave us a, a lot of time and, and space to like show us mm. how burnt out we actually were. Yeah. Um, and then there's the, the like compound of the burnout that we had through being in a constant like uh, state of like arousal in terms of like fear right? Being in that state for such a prolonged period of time. And like, we, we're not out of it, right? We're just like, learned how to cope with that level of fear running in the background all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are like, I don't want to be in my body. Because if I if I drop into my body, then I'm, I'm going to realize that I'm doing way more than is actually sustainable mm, yeah totally and yeah H how do we how do we start to tune into that how do we start to tune into our energies levels like to really start to understand you know like you said throughout the year throughout the day how do we start to really tune into that yeah I think it starts with like just asking the question of like, what do I need right now? Mm. Um, that's a really simple way. You know, I, I do, I created a whole system, which is what we're talking about today. I right? like, that's why I'm here. <laughs> um, I created this whole intuitive scheduling system to kind of like tap into that and, and guide people mm. on, on starting to do that. And incorporating more of that awareness into their lives. But I think the very first question that any of us can ask, like in any, any day is like, what do I need from this day? Or what do I need today? Or what do I need in this moment? So like, if you are working, and you notice that you're doing some kind of like behavior that feels counter to achieving your result. Right. Mm. So you're working and all of a sudden you grab for your phone and you're and like 
This is a really common one for me. Is like I grab from my phone to look something up, but then all of a sudden I'm scrolling. Like, how the hell am I scrolling? Like, what happened? Because yeah. <laughs> the thing I was going to look up was not on Instagram, right? Like, but yeah. all of a sudden I'm on I'm on Instagram. So yeah. I catch myself in one of those moments. Is like, okay, what am I looking for right now? Mm. And I think the the way we've been taught is to think like, what am I trying to avoid right now? Right? Because we we are we're like um, pathologizing any kind of behavior that does not is not in alignment with our goal, cultivating our goal, right? Like if it's like counter to, to getting our goal done, then it's a it's a bad behavior, right? It's a behavior I shouldn't be doing. So that's fine, right? Like maybe we are trying to avoid something, but I don't think that's always it. Sometimes we're looking for something and maybe we just need five minutes of a break. So what if I just like scheduled myself five minutes every hour to have a break? Would I reach for my phone and disconnect? Right. Um, and I so I think it starts there. It's like, what am I looking for in this moment? It's the same thing with like, like anyone who's trying to be on like a, a food protocol, right? Like you might want to eat off protocol. Like it's like not a time to eat or whatever if you're following like a schedule of eating, right? okay, maybe you're hungry <laughs> or maybe you're trying to avoid an emotion. How do we find out? We have to go to our body, right? Yeah. And really like like check in and say like, okay, like was I, re was I in the pantry because something happened that I was like uncomfortable with and I'm just mindlessly went to the pantry or do I actually feel hunger right now? Mm. You know? and get really curious about what's actually going on in our body instead of like what we're experiencing in our brain. Cause our brain is gonna tell us, oh, I'm not hungry. This is buffering, but like, maybe it's not. So it's the same thing with our time. Like maybe I'm trying to, like maybe I'm procrastinating cause I'm avoiding a project or maybe I'm burnt out and I need to give myself rest. And maybe resting for five, 10 minutes, a half an hour, taking a nap is going to be able to bring me back to my work and make me more productive, really, in the end. Like we are, it's kind of funny because it's like almost like anti-productivity is like the, <laughs> the thought, right? But it's not like it's just anti-productivity culture, right? So it's anti like killing ourselves for the sake of output. And when we stop doing that, I've had so many clients be like, I'm getting so much more done. Mm. And it feels so like counterintuitive, but it's not. And actually, it's very intuitive. It's counter to the conditioning that we've been given. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I was I was that was sort of bubbling around in, yeah. in my head, like to, yeah, I guess, tell us a, a bit more about, um, you know, this intuitive um. Sorry, I'm having a bit of a coughing fit. <laughs> About this intuitive scheduling that you've created, and yeah, what shifts have you seen? Yeah, curious. Yeah. So I created it like like first from my own experience, and then like what I found was working with my clients. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, was working full time for the life coach school, and I was teaching dance, and I was doing all these things, and then all of a sudden I was just working for myself <laughs> and I had like four hours of the week that I was working and everything else was just my time to fill. And so my, my coach was like, well, like, you know, make your ideal schedule. 
And so I packed in this schedule and I was like doing because I felt like I needed to fill 20, 30 hours because that's what I was doing before. Mm. And I hated it and I was burnt out. And, you know, I I told her I was burnt out and she's like, well, what are you doing that you don't want to be doing? And I was like, oh, that's a really good question. Mm. And then I just started looking at like the way that I was working and how I was asking myself to do things that either I didn't want to be doing or I didn't want to be doing them when I was doing them. Mm -hmm. And I was really trying to like figure out like what kind of schedule felt best for me. And then I started working on the same thing with my clients and just having them pay attention to when they liked to do certain things, Mm -hmm. like when inspiration tended to strike them, right? Because if I'm Mm -hmm. working with like a lot of creatives, like inspiration Mm -hmm. can tend to strike you know, in a pretty um, like consistent way, if you start paying attention to it, the problem yeah. is we think we don't, we we think there is no pattern. Yeah. So we're not looking for one. We're like, no, it just hits when it hits. But it's like, maybe that's not true. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. So yeah, like starting to pay attention to like, is there a pattern here? Is there a seasonality to it? Right. In terms of like the time of day, the time of year, the time of month, what kinds of things impact your energy throughout the day? Are you on medication that impacts your energy throughout the day? Are you like tuned into your cycle and understand like what your energy levels and hormone love, like are doing during your cycle and how that impacts your focus and your energy? And right, there's like all this stuff going on, yeah. um, you know, and just kind of starting to shift the expectations around what we get accomplished um, at certain, like in certain times or at certain points throughout the day. Because I think that's the other part of it is like the, we have so many expectations around what we're supposed to be doing and how Mm -hmm. much we're supposed to be getting done that we have to shift that thinking as well. And so it really is like a process where you you look at the time you're spending now and you really evaluate that because we have no idea and we lie to ourselves a lot about, <laughs> right? Like, just like I said, like, oh, I might've, I was sitting at my desk for two hours, but was I working for two hours? How many times did I like reach for something or do something else or just like be in the middle of writing something and just like stop and go to my phone, right? Like just- for whatever. And it's like, well, again, what was I looking for in that moment? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times it's just that like, I need a break. I need to like step back from the thing that I'm working on to get perspective. Okay. So like, let me just give myself that. Right. And so once you look at the time you're actually spending, then you kind of do an, uh, an assessment of like your energy, how you feel when you wake up, when you, when your best focus time is, when your best creative time is. Um, and then you kind of look at like, does that line up with your available time? So it sort of like walks you through this evaluative process of like everything that's going on and then really start to set goals from that place of like, okay, maybe I'm not gonna overhaul everything, but like, what's one thing I wanna incorporate in? And what do I want that to look like? So sometimes it's like a movement goal, 
Like I want to move every day. Can I allow some flexibility in that movement? Right? Like what do, what does movement, you know, look like on each day? And that takes going to my body and saying like, okay, what would feel good on my body today? Some days it's going to be riding my bike. Some days it's going to be like stretching, right? Some days it's going to be like lifting weights and really starting to tune into like what the body's asking for. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it's it's so interesting. And I, I guess if we're thinking about tuning into our bodies and actually, you know, um, figuring out what it is that we want to be doing or feel is right to do at that time rather than what we think we should be doing, you know, um, how do we start to manage the expectations? Because I feel as though really tuning into ourselves on, on a human level, you know, it's kind of like we're, um, like we're, we're just taught to be these productivity machines, right? And it's so away from our bodies, like you said earlier, you know, it's like we're forgetting to actually tune in to the human that's doing all of these things, you know, we, we go on robot mode um, and the expectations generally tend to be high, you know, I mean, it's the same as you and it was the same as me as well. I mean, w- w- when we sort of, start our businesses we're like oh well I have to work 40 hours exactly you you know it's that same sort of thing and that just takes so long to figure that out like we've got so many podcast episodes on that um I guess how do we start to manage those expectations of ourselves then you know it's it's such a I don't know yeah I think we have to get real honest about what Mm. we're actually getting done yes Mm -hmm. because I think like what I've noticed from so many people is that they have these lists of things, Mm. right. That like they want to be getting done, but they're not getting all of that done. Mm. And so what's actually weighing on them is like this, this false premise that it's all ever going to get done. Like we're, it's never, we're never getting there. We're never, the to-do list is never going to be cleared. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's just not happening. So like, Let's be real about that, right? And let's be real about what we're actually accomplishing um, and what we're versus like what we're engaging with mentally and energetically that's just weighing us down. So like being very clear about your boundaries around when you're going to think about work and or how you're going to like, engage with your your audience your clients like when you're not physically engaging with them so you're not on a call with them you're not creating content for them you're not creating a podcast for them you're just you know walking around and they're occupying your mind Mm. because you didn't create a boundary around this is not working time Hmm. okay (laughs) right and so we want to like allow for a little bit of like inspiration or like you know oh this would be great for this person but are you constantly engaged mentally with your people they shouldn't have that kind of access to you totally right like 24 hours a day right and I think we don't think about that because we think about accesses and like actually answering emails or DMs or texts or creating content for them. But like, if you're just constantly thinking about them, then they have your brain all the time. Right. And you're not getting anything done because it's not like you're using that time to go create something in that moment. Right. So I think it's that it's like being more 
honest about what our what our actual output is mm. versus what we're telling ourselves we should be accomplishing. Yeah. And when we can start to see the difference, like the incongruency between those two things, I think that's when it starts to shift our um, expectations of ourselves. It's like, oh, well, I wasn't getting that done anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can just stop. What I was doing, though, was spending a lot of time beating myself up about not doing it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like that feels purposeful and useful, but it's actually not because we're not getting any more done. Yeah. So I think that's the first step is like that brutal honesty of like, you know, if you're not going to do it, stop thinking about it. Yeah. It's like put it down, <laughs> you know, and if you've put it down for long enough and nothing's happened, maybe you don't want to do it at all. Mm. So maybe it just gets checked off the list. Like we can complete things by taking them off the list and just deciding we're never going to do them. <laughs> oh, thank God, your face. <laughs> so, I mean, this is only audio, but for anyone that saw my face in that moment, it was even priceless for me looking at my own. <laughs> I almost had a heart attack. I'm like, what do you mean? I know. <laughs> Just take something off your list and leave it there. That was there to do, but you're okay. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> because th think about think about all the things that like were on a list that you've just never done. You know, <laughs> like ideas that you had, like, right, okay. we have them all the right. We have them all the time. Mm. We have these things all the time. Okay. Oh, I'm going to create this course. Oh, this is a great idea for a podcast. Okay. episode. Oh, this is right. Like, oh, I should really like go outside and like clean this thing, you know? No, no, nothing's going to happen if it doesn't get done. Yeah. Right. There's no, there's no consequence to it not being done, but yeah. we keep engaging with it as if it's important. Mm -hmm. And so we have to just like, let it go and say like, oh yeah, if I get to it, that's great, but I'm just going to take it off the list and it, I'm just going to put it out of my mind. So it stops taking up real estate in my brain and sucking energy from me that I could be putting into something else. Mm. Yeah. We also need to start really for real prioritizing rest for real like not just talking about it not just lip service right like rest is so important i know it's so important and then not doing anything about that right we have to change our relationship with like like disconnecting yeah. and that came up a lot for me because i was like i was trying to like do the schedule when i when I looked at like all the things I didn't want to be doing and I looked at like how I wanted my calendar to be and I was just like sitting on my couch on a Saturday and my brain was like, you should be doing something. Mm -hmm. And I said, what should I be doing? Ooh. And the answer was nothing because we didn't plan to do anything right now. So mm -hmm. we can just be sitting here on the couch. And then I had the biggest like panic attack. <laughs> Well, not like a huge panic attack, but like my heart started to race and I got yeah. so anxious and I was like, oh my God, I, I like, I'm just going to sit here 
like this feels so wrong. And I just told my brain that I don't have to do anything. So like this process sounds really lovely. Like we're going to be like, oh, like figuring out, figuring out our flow. But the reality is, is that like it is very painful. Of course. To reprogram yourself in this way. Yeah. You know, and so it's like that anxiety, like I just had to allow it to be there while I sat down on like sat there on the couch. And I also didn't sit there for very long because after five minutes, I got kind of bored. Right. And then I was like, oh, there actually is something that I want to do. Right. But there was nothing I needed to do. Right. Like there were there's always stuff to do around the house. Like I could have done the dishes. I could have like thrown in a load of laundry. Like I could have done any of those things. But it wasn't, I hadn't planned for anything to do with that time. So because there was no plan, it was like, well, I, I don't have to do anything. I didn't say I was going to do anything. Yeah. And that's the, like the start of the changing the relationship with rest. Because in that moment it was like, oh, well, it's perfectly appropriate and valuable for me to just sit here for right now. Like this is a, this is worth doing. Yeah. This nothing, <laughs> this nothing is worth doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. It, it. it it would, yeah, it would be a really, um, I mean, not for everyone, but for a lot of people that what figuring out this in, intuitive scheduling and really tuning into your actual time and energy for real, you know, not lying to yourself about it would be really tough. You know, I mean, you, yeah, that's why I say, Oh, sorry. No, you're right. But you've, you've given me like <laughs> Verging on panic attacks just in this episode, thinking about it. Like, yeah. Woo. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of something that, that you told me, and I did have it up on a sticky note here, and I don't know why it's not on the wall. It must have fallen off. Um, And it's been in, it, it's in my head, and I can't think of the exact thing, but I think it was like being okay with not being okay about not doing something. Like it was like, like that you know and you said this to me like two years ago you know and it it, it's it's true like it's we need to not do stuff but you know sometimes and it's okay to not be okay about it like (laughs) but it's that planning of trying to rest and you know what we were probably coaching on figuring out how to stop doing something for one second (laughs) Because I, 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 oh yeah, me and resting, it's, hmm, we don't have a very good relationship. Yeah. And, and it's like, you have to increase your like tolerance for feeling like good. But in order to do that, you actually like have to kind of feel bad first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it it's a tricky thing where like, there's, there can be guilt. There can be all this stuff around like chilling out and taking a break, Mm -hmm. which will eventually result if we do the work to like work through that guilt will eventually result in us feeling better, but then like we'll feel better and we're like, Oh my God, something's wrong because I'm not stressed out. And it's like, well, (laughs) but that was the point, right? The point was to not be stressed out. So we have to increase that like ability for us to stay in that state of relaxation, right? And that's going to take time. And Mm -hmm. so we want to be really gentle with ourselves of like, you know, that's why my five minutes on the couch was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. Anxiety passed. I had a moment where I felt relaxed and then I was like, okay, that's good. We're going to do now we're going to move on. 
So we have to start slow, really slow and really like compassionately and gently with ourselves and like say, yeah, like you're going to feel lots of bad feelings about not doing something, mm-hmm. right? Like, or delaying doing something. Yeah. But that's okay. Like you can feel bad about that. Yeah. Just hold that. Yeah. It's it's kind of um yeah, it kind it almost makes me feel sad that we're so used to feeling this state of whether it's stress or anxiety or pressure, you know, to constantly do stuff and and that feeling is more comfortable to us than relaxing like isn't that sad like when you really think about that like it's so uncomfortable for us to I'm not speaking for everyone but you know it's just so uncomfortable for us to feel true relaxation it's like well we should feel that other thing we're so used to feeling while we're doing stuff like it's um yeah I don't know that Kind of makes me feel pretty sad that we're conditioned that way, you know? Yeah. And I think most of it comes from like us just having this like belief that those are the feelings that make us accomplish things, right? It's this false equivalency because that's not actually like the pressure is not what is creating your result. You actually aren't doing anything from that the pressure it's when you have the moment where you slip out of the pressure where you finally get to work yes right yeah um mm-hmm. and actually not all pressure is bad right like some pressure yeah, like cool. some pressure yeah some pressure can move us i mean like um but like if it's a fear-based pressure yes you know um versus like i don't know think about like I'm competitive, right? So it's like, I want to be really good at the things that I do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like that kind of pressure actually feels good, right? But I also can channel it. Like I can bring that into playing games with people, right? Like I'll bring my competitiveness there. That's like a, a fun place to feel that, right? To feel that intensity, to feel that pressure, to feel like, come on, we got to do this. Like, let's go. Right. Like hustle. Um, that can feel really satisfying and it's a place to channel that kind of energy. Yes. And it is a sort of pressure versus like a fear-based pressure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Where we're just like spinning and catastrophizing and really slowing ourselves down because we can't, we've, we're immobile, right? Yeah. The fear is immobilizing. Yeah. The pressure is immobilizing, but we've, conflated that we've conflated that right we're like oh but I get my the best work done when I'm feeling pressure it's like is that true like like yeah you know like is it your best and that's also something like is it your best work or is it just you like working that way like there's something about that that like gets you going and now you've associated that with like good work I don't know we need to examine that yeah totally like people who procrastinate like when I tell them, like, well, just admit to yourself you're not going to do it till the last minute. Yeah. Right. Like, just admit, like, you're like, this is, and stop thinking about it. Like, just don't think about it. Cause that's where you're like wasting your time mm. is like, again, the engaging with it before you're actually going to do it wastes yeah. so much time. Yeah. So just admit that, like, you know, if it's due tomorrow at 6 a.m., you're probably not doing it until 10. Yeah. The night before. Yeah. And right. 
Yeah. But then what ends up happening is when they when they take the pressure off, when they stop engaging with it, they end up doing it sooner. Mm, it's not fascinating. Yeah. Right. Because they were like getting something out of the drama around it. Right. Around the perpetually engaging with it. And when they stop engaging with it, then it frees them to just do it whenever they feel like doing it. And wouldn't you know, they want to do it a few days early. <laughs> <laughs> That's what actually feels good. Yeah. So this is what, like this is where we get back to that in- intuition, right? Like yeah. what, what actually feels good is like getting it done early. But if I'm in that perpetual fear state and I'm like, you know, avoiding or whatever, and then I keep pushing it back and then I'm using that extra adrenaline to get it done. Mm. I get addicted to that like dopamine moment, right? Versus like if I just disengage from that whole thing, then when I naturally feel like doing it, I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so amazing. Now, Chris, while we could talk about this forever, um, <laughs> we can't. We can't. We can do as we wish. However. Right. Um, yeah. Tell us where, where can our listeners find you if they want to work with you? Tell us. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at the only Chris Hale and I have a podcast called you need a coach bitch. So good. It's the best podcast so ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, there's actually some episodes on intuitive scheduling. So, mm. um, I did an episode when I launched my intuitive scheduling PDF um, dedicated to talking about the process. Mm-hmm. So there's an episode around that. And then you can go to my website, theonlychrishale.com and download the intuitive, intuitive scheduling workbook. Mm-hmm. And she's a workbook. Like she is meant to be like worked through. There's like time audits, energy audits, like, um, common like time sucks like confusion and procrastination and it like walks you through just like a really deep dive into yourself and like being more in tune with you and like improving your relationship with yourself so Mm. it's pretty thorough so you can take your time with it yeah that's amazing oh yeah so helpful um yeah thank you and what's what's the biggest tip you can leave us with today biggest tip (laughs) your favorite my favorite well this is actually my instagram post today which is just that like you're not going to change your relationship or you're not going to create more time by believing you don't have enough of it Mm. so like the thinking that got you to this place where you're out of time and you're so strapped all the time like that thinking is not going to create more time for you Because you're operating from a scarcity mentality around your time, which is never going to give you more of it. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that that couldn't have been a better better tip to leave us with. (laughs) Which brings us to the end of this episode. I know. I know. I could just spend hours and hours and hours with you. I know. Me too. Thank you so, so much for being here today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. And for everyone else, thank you for being here. Have an amazing week. 
changing the world one mind at a time. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.